atrocities with Kenzie Maine <laughs> an envious son where we will horrify and delight you with our atrocities <laughs> Atro- atrocities that are antique yeah we we cover terrible historical events from witch trials to medical procedures lobotomies trepanation uh, the whole nine yards sometimes i pretend i'm british it's it's a whole yes. thing <laughs> um hello I'm Envia. I, I'm a multitude of things. I'm kind of a science nerd. I'm doing the history research for the podcast. I do fandom stuff. Like I cosplay. I do shenanigans. I'm a big doer of shenanigans, so this will be a good time. Yeah, and I'm Kenzie. I walk into walls and apologize to them. What? <laughs> to the walls? Yeah, no, it, it, it's already happened five times today. It's, I'm fine. <laughs> Incredible. So that's the energy we're bringing to this today expect nothing to go smoothly yeah no none of it (laughs) it it, it might seem professional but it's not it might (laughs) we might be on all the platforms but we don't seem like we are yeah so this is fine we know what we're doing but we also have no idea what we're doing it's both at once yeah it's gonna be great it's gonna be fine so the topic of today the very first antique atrocity is the bamberg witch trials from 1626 to 1631, the best years. And it's like the second biggest witch trials in history, second to the Würzburg witch trials, which also happened in Germany. They need to get themselves together. Um, Yeah, heck in Germany with their Germans in their (laughs) ease. Man, 1600s Germany was not the place to be. Anyway, I don't think Germany was ever the place to be. (laughs) God! (laughs) well i've never been so if you're from germany tell me if it's the place to be and if it's not don't tell us we don't want to know we should we should talk to kiki she's literally spent like half her life oh yeah in in germany now her opinion doesn't matter (laughs) (laughs) anyways bamberg witch trials about 450 people were accused in total 317 women and 136 men and 278 were eventually condemned to death. I'm assuming the rest of them got accused but weren't condemned to death because they died in prison beforehand or died during torture, you know, as you do. It's the 1600s. Um, the lucky few at the end of the trials managed to escape when the, they were called off by the emperor who we're gonna meet. He's a very interesting man. What is his name? Emperor Dingledorf? <laughs> His name is Emperor Ferdinand III. Honestly, that's worse than what I said. <laughs> I know. Is that not the most emperor name you've ever heard yeah. for an emperor? Let me just wake up and create an emperor and then name him Ferdinand. Ferdinand the third. Not even the first. Not even the second. The third. The third. The third. It adds. It adds such a flavor. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, so as we know, witches were treated horribly through all of history, but I'm going to go all the way back to 1252. Jeepers. Because that's how far back this went. This was like before the Dark Ages and everything. So there was a pope. His name was Pope Innocent IV. (laughs) Neither was he innocent. (laughs) 
nor was he the fourth. <laughs> and he issued a thing, he issued a charter. It was called the Papal Bull. And the what? it was essentially uh, the Papal Bull. I, I just think that's what they named Pope Charters back but then. It, it sounds like you're saying Paper Bull. <laughs> the Paper Bull Papal as in like, relating to the pope oh that's that is a dumb name and i hereby <laughs> hate it so the papal bull was the big umbrella name for charters that were ever issued by the pope ever i think the actual specific name for this one was called the ad extra panda <laughs> that's niche that's even In worse Latin. <laughs> the ad ex that we're gonna call it the extra panda because we can't. We love a good extra panda. <laughs> it's so extra. So it was a charter that says that you can legally torture quote unquote heretics as a tool for interrogating them, so long as it doesn't cost them life or limb. Um, back then, he didn't really specify witches, but we can assume witches because heretics were just people who went against Christianity in the dark times. And everyone used this charter as like an outline for what to do later with witches. So we're gonna say this guy didn't like him. Yeah, what a dink. So <laughs> I wish that you could see visuals because I pulled this up and I found this thing and it has a total of 38 laws. That's a lot of laws. Which is a lot. It's a lot. A lot of them are directed towards the heads of state and the people who ran the place and just what they're supposed to do. But some of them are great. So he begins by saying, to root up from the midst of Christian people the weed of heretical wickedness, which infests the healthy plants more than it formerly did, pouring out licentiousness through the offices of the enemy of mankind. Um... <laughs> And the more dangerously we overlook the manner in which this weed runs riot among the Catholic growth. This is so dramatic and I love it. That, honestly, I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> I heard what you said, I heard the words, but I can't make sense <laughs> of them when they're put together. So, to root up from the midst of Christian people, the weed of heretical wickedness, I want to be referred to as that, which infests the healthy plants more than it formerly did, pouring out licentiousness through the offices of the enemy of mankind in this age, the more eagerly, the more dangerously we overlook the manner in which this weed runs riot among the Catholic growth. So basically what I'm getting that from is that is <laughs> they say, oh, so Satan, if we ignore him, <laughs> he's going to poison our plants. He's gonna poison our plants. Through the people. <laughs> I think the- well, the plants was a metaphor. I think what he's saying is that there's a wickedness afoot. <laughs> it's spreading everywhere and we're ignoring it. And so we have to like restrain it in some way. That's my interpretation. That makes more sense than mine, but I like mine more. <laughs> he thinks- I love the idea of the witches poisoning the plants. Yeah, they need so those. So true. <laughs> no, they need they those. Because <laughs> why would they, you know? Humanity poisons plants by existing. <laughs> Not the witches. But yeah, so some of these are worded fantastically. Um, hmm. So, oh my god, Law 20 is my favorite. He says, whoever shall have the audacity <laughs> 
to arrange the escape of a male or female heretic or to try to prevent the arrest of such a person shall have all of his goods consigned to the state in perpetuity. So if you have the audacity to break a witch out, we will steal all of your things. <laughs> so we are going to respond to crime by committing a crime. <laughs> we are going to take your property. Steal your land, if you will, if you try to break a witch out of prison. Okay, but hear me out. If I if uh -huh. I were here during this entire event, one, I'd be deemed a heretic. But two, oh yeah, <laughs> if I wasn't, I'd be trying to to free the heretics. But instead, I'd probably yes. just be like, you know what? Here, take all my stuff. I don't want it anyway. So, anyways, can you imagine let if your property now? <laughs> yeah, can you imagine if your property and possessions was like one one cob of corn and a chair? Like, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> They can have it. Yeah, I like <laughs> I'm just gonna take the witches and run. Okay, so what I'm hearing is basically I could give them a branch every single time <laughs> I wanted to free a heretic. <laughs> this branch is all I have, sir. Oh my god. Oh wait, no, here. It's a toenail clipping. <laughs> <laughs> it's not here, mine. Oh my god. What, what if, like, a nomad, a person who owned absolutely nothing, tried to break someone out of custody? Like, what could they do? They're like, we'll, we'll take your property. I have no property. Plot twist. That's when they give you property. They give you prop. You get paid to break witches out of prison. Ten out of ten would break a witch out of ten. <laughs> There's no consequences. You just lose your house. Yeah, honestly, Law 25 not. defines torture, which, you know, that's the, that's the juicy bit. He says, The head of state or ruler must force all heretics whom he has in custody, provided he does so without killing them or breaking their arms and legs, as robbers and thieves, whatever, to confess their errors and accuse other heretics whom they know. So you can, you can do anything, so long as you don't break their legs or kill them. Yeah, but that that's exactly what they did, right? <laughs> they no no. <laughs> they didn't break your legs. They just dislocated everything. They they would like later we're going to get to a thing a torture device called the strapedo where they'd string you up by your hands so that you dislocate your shoulders. Honestly, just so. sounds like a normal Tuesday to me. <laughs> <laughs> I I wonder they obviously didn't listen to this, because I feel like if you were to do that, eventually you'd come across someone who would break an arm. So they probably did not follow these rules, but alas. Uh, alas, indeed. <laughs> Law 26 says, In the house in which a male or female heretic is discovered shall be leveled with the ground never to be rebuilt. We're gonna flatten your house. How do they do that? Because they don't have cranes. Do they just like I whack think... it a bunch of times and hope it falls over? <laughs> it just says the house shall be leveled with the ground. I assume it means they're just gonna tear the house down, but what a fun way to say it. I like to actually imagine that they're just burning the house down. <laughs> we we shall flatten your house. Yeah, it's, we shall arson your house. It's super flat when it's completely ash. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. It would work. Anyways, so this happened in 1252. We assume they use this same logic later in all the following witch trials, like this one, the Salem witch trials, etc. Because 
They'd bring you in, you'd be tortured until you're forced to tell a confession, which is, you know, gonna be false, and then you are forced to accuse other people of witchcraft, and that's how the whole shenanigans spread. I would accuse so, okay. everybody I didn't like of witchcraft. <laughs> there was a guy, I'm gonna mention him later, he forced you to name a hundred names. I don't think I know a hundred people's names in my life. You know what, I can think of a hundred people I don't like off the top of my head. That's so fair. But also, imagine if you lived in a tiny village in the 1600s, like, how would you even know a hundred people to accuse? I feel like you'd be stretching it. Um, it's called you'd say the na same names a couple different times and hope they don't notice. <laughs> you say the names of all the heads of state. Because I God, assume most I of the people couldn't write during this time. Like, most people probably couldn't. Yeah, probably not. So therefore, if they can't really write, they're not going to be able to I keep mean, track we... of all 100 names. Mm. But we have records of what they said, which means, like, someone must have recorded the trial. Yeah, but some Someone people, must have been there writing. Some people can write, but if they're not there to write down the 100 names... Fair, because who's going to do that? Yeah, that's, like, no, a no lot of names. That's a lot. Anyway, we're in the 1600s. Actually, no, we're in the 16th century. We're a little bit before the 1600s. We have the Protestant movement, which means by that time, most of Germany was converting to Protestantism. And I think that was a bit big political motivation because at the end of the 16th century, you won't believe what happened. The weather got really, really bad and the wow. crops failed and the frost destroyed the harvest. And they said, Man, there must be some witches doing this. Yeah, definitely. That's always the you answer. Know when you're, you know when your like, vineyard gets frozen and you're like, oh man, must be witchcraft. Yeah, that's me every Tuesday. <laughs> this whole thing happened because they had like a bad winter. But they also believed that the witches were trying to seize power back from the Protestants that just took over. And so they were cursing the crops. It's so weird. Honestly, why would they do that? They'd be making themselves suffer. <laughs> I don't think they understood anything about how witchcraft actually works. Like, they didn't realize that the witches need the crops, chief. The witches need the trees and the nature. Yeah, that, that's like anti-witchcraft to do that. So, yeah. Really, whoever was causing it to happen, aka nature, you know, the nature was anti witchcraft, obviously. <laughs> nature is being anti witchcraft by having a bad winter once in a while. Yeah, how dare they? I love when nature is anti witchcraft, but also anyway. pro witchcraft at the same yeah. time. So I managed to find a bunch of stuff on what they actually thought witches did do, <laughs> which is so far gone. So. First of all, they believed all witches had to attend Sabbaths as part of their contract with the devil, with the big Satan. <laughs> and they believed they would light a foul, disgusting fire, and then the devil would come preside over the assembly, who, and he would take the form of like a goat or a dog. And then they would proceed to come and kiss him on the anal orifice. These are not my words. <laughs> These are their words as a sign of homage. You know, there's just so much to that, but like, I don't know why, so out of all of the that. things I could focus on out of that, it was the, <laughs> a foul fire? 
<laughs> yes. They said it was a foul, disgusting fire. Sorry, the foul, disgusting fire. What was it? What about it was so foul? Were they like burning I don't children? Know. It doesn't say. I would burn like, a child. <laughs> they it was like a big fire pit slash campfire. Like I don't understand what is foul and disgusting about it. Yeah, that just sounds like mild arson. <laughs> yeah. That's just that's fire. That's just fire. And fire gets rid fire. of everything, so they would you would think that, you know, fire purifies, but no. No. No, this fire is disgusting. Ugh. But actually, so you weren't too wrong when when you said burn a child because yeah after that whole situation they would offer satan some candles and you had two options either it was a candle made of pitch which was a type of like resin or sap from pine trees that's super nice or you would offer a candle made from a child's umbilical cord gross <laughs> i don't even know how you could succeed how many how many umbilical cords do you need to make a candle? I would is the question. you would only need one based off of the How long would size. that even last? Oh, Probably like know. three days. <laughs> Man, you, you, you find an umbilical cord, you're set for weeks. But like the main issue with that is like I get it. It's back then they didn't really understand the whole process of like decay and stuff but that would yeah. have been decomposing and decaying and disgusting <laughs> i also don't know how much they knew about birth like i don't know if they knew what that cord was for or what it was supposed to do i have no idea they but probably they believe that uh, they this made is candles. the rope that pushes the child out this is the rope that yep <laughs> so yeah, so far the witches come to the Sabbath, kiss the devil's anal orifice, <laughs> and then give him a candle made from a child's umbilical cord. We're doing great. So then they do some sort- they just kind of- it says, after the feast, an evil spirit takes the hand of the disciple- of the disciple of whom he has charged. And then they, like, do every type of absurd ritual. They bend over backwards, they join hands in a circle, and they dance, which doesn't even sound that bad. Honestly, just, again, just dancing around like the campfire. a Tuesday. It sounds like a Tuesday. <laughs> but then they, and then they copulate with their demon lovers in the most repulsive fashion. So that's where it goes downhill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. <laughs> Here's a tidbit. I didn't know this, and now I'm sad about it, but the reason we think witches fly on broomsticks is because of the phallic symbolism. I didn't know that till today. Uh, uh, huh? <laughs> they thought it was like... They thought that that, that looked like a... Yep. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> what? Did, did they... Did they know what the, the phallus looked like? <laughs> Do they, do they <laughs> Not a broomstick, let me tell you. <laughs> I don't get it. They just, they believed that they needed a method of transportation to take them to Sabbath. And it took the form, it was a broomstick, and that represented a phallus. So, the more you know. Lovely. 
Lovely. This is great. And this was all built on, like, word of mouth and no evidence. No evidence. So this is- they're so creative. Anyways, they thought that what happened at the Sabbath was so well known that they had a list of, like, regular questions to ask the witches, and they would just go through them like a survey. <laughs> Some of my favorite questions. Some of these are very normal. They're like, how did you become a witch? What what does a witch do? But then some of them are, how can you fly through the air? <laughs> some of them are, what tempests have you raised? Or what plagues of vermin and caterpillars have you created? Ew. Bugs. Bugs. Specifically caterpillars. Yeah. Weird. I love this detail. Um, they said that some of these questions were so ridiculous that the accused people would actually laugh at the trial until they realized that they were <laughs> those were serious questions and then they'd get in trouble for it. Iconic would be me. <laughs> I would I would be dying. <laughs> They're like, how do you fly through the air? I'm like, I don't. I fall. <laughs> yeah, so you see, I climb up to the top of a tree and then I jump to another tree and that's as close as I can get to flying. But if, if I and miss then... a tree, then, then it's falling. <laughs> I just fall. <sighs> okay. So we're, I'm going to go back to the crops because there's a guy who comes in and decides to start this whole witch thing. And he has a great name. He's the prince of the, of that state because Germany was divided into like these different these different segments. His name is Prince Bishop von Dornheim. <laughs> and he was like the biggest witch burner ever. He established the state into a witch burning machine. He set up s prisons, full-scale operations like lawyers, torturers and executioners hiring them specifically to do witchcraft questioning. We don't like him. He, um, he established, a, he first made a prison called the Druden House, which could hold like 30 to 40 people. And then he upgraded it to another bigger prison that could hold even more people and contain even more torture chambers and cells. So he's a fun guy. Um, all the witches we know in the trial were executed through burning, but some of them would get decapitated and then burned. Which honestly, I don't, I don't know if that's better or worse. I mean, at least they wouldn't be burned, burned alive. alive. Yeah, yeah. But uh, most of them were burned alive, which is that's the that's the truth. Yeah. Anyways, and then oh, there was another guy named God, Doctor Ernst Vazolt. Vazolt. He was an advisor to Mister Dornheim. <laughs> this was the guy who asked for the hundred names. He was intense. He did all kinds of torture mechanisms. He asked for a hundred names and he would also, let me see. He was, oh yeah, he did all the tortures. He did the thumb screws, the strapedo, the, I don't know, we'll, we'll get there. But just remember him because he comes up later. Yeah, I'll call him Dr. Dingledork. <laughs> Dr. Dingledork. Here's the worst part before I get into case studies is that when you're a witch and you get um, executed, you're dead now, all your stuff will go to the bishop, not even to your family. Your family doesn't get to keep all your stuff. The state does. And then the family would have to pay the government for your execution. So the government would straight up make money from the witch trials. 
And that's why they did them. They made, they were making bank from this, and I hate that. There was like a whole witch hunt industry. Anyways, okay. We don't have records for everything, but we have records for a couple of people. We got Dr. George Hahn, Johans Junius, I can't say any of these right, and then the unfortunate woman at the end, Dorothea Flock. <laughs> so Dr. George Hahn, I'm gonna start with him, because he is kind of unfortunate. He was a pretty decent lad. He was the vice chancellor of Bamberg at the time, so he was a big, important figure. And his he was actually on the team to question the accused witches. So his normal duties like insisted of consisted of him doing the questioning. But guess what? This guy actually kind of had progressive views, and he had a feeling that a lot of innocent people were being accused wrongly and weren't witches. Wow. Wow, somebody with a brain. I'm glad there was one guy. He had a brain. He he was the only one with the frontal lobe. Okay, so when did he get he get accused? Immediately. <laughs> Pretty close to immediately. I knew it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's how this ends for this guy. He's like, maybe we're doing something wrong. You're a witch. You pass. <laughs> so he, st he still believed there was a witchcraft attack, but he just had the sense to go, maybe, maybe it's not everyone in the universe who's a witch. So he had some brain. Dr. Vazolt, the, the insane 100 names guy, was getting jealous that Dr. Han was doing so well in the Bamberg hierarchy, like the Bamberg political hierarchy. And so when he found out that Dr. Han was going easy on the witches, he decided, I'm going to take him down by accusing his wife and daughter first. So somehow Dr. Vazel gets one of his witches that he's brought into trial to drop the names of Dr. Han's wife and daughter in order to bring them in and get them arrested. And then Dr. Hun would try to get them free, leading to him being accused. So there he goes. Honestly, But here's icon. the cool thing is, he's an icon. The cool thing is that he knew Emperor Ferdinand, this guy's got connections. He knew Emperor Ferdinand, so he said, okay, I'm gonna go up there with my son. I'm gonna go to the Imperial court and I'm gonna try to get them to stop doing any sort of torture on my, my wife and daughter. And he actually succeeded. He went up there, he went to the emperor, the emperor said, okay, yeah, we don't need to do this. But by the time he gets back to Bamberg, because you know, they traveled by donkey back then, the, his wife and daughter had already been tried and burned. He gets back and he's immediately accused and put on trial as well. <laughs> Honestly, what else did we expect to happen? <laughs> I feel so bad for this guy. He makes a whole journey up to see the emperor. The emperor goes, yeah, they don't have to get tried. He comes back with this news and they're like deceased. They are long gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, mm -mm. So, so sorry, did they like burn the wife and daughter or did they just die through torture they no they were burned they got tried and then they were burned at the end you would think so, they would at least wait yeah. till he got back to make sure that they weren't going against you know the big people yeah yeah but one thing we'll learn is that this prince bishop von dornheim this guy loves going against the emperor <laughs> this guy loves getting orders from him and saying screw you i'm gonna keep trying to do whatever i want to do 
So honestly, I don't even know if Han had even gotten back in time, I don't know if he would have succeeded, to be honest. But he gave it a good try. A for effort. An A for effort, truly. Anyways, yeah, Dr. Han, he gets accused, he gets tortured, he gives five other names who also work on, like, the, the state council with him. And then he ends up admitting his own guilt. He gets burned at the stake. He had a son who went with him to see the Emperor. His son was like, I'm not gonna get tortured. I love his son because it's like kind of iconic. He's like, I'm not gonna get tortured. I'm just gonna straight up confess to being a witch out the gate. Because <laughs> I know I'm not gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> That's smart. Honestly, I feel like if, genius. if... Yeah. If you work in the witch hunting industry long enough, you'll know that... that Resisting does you no good. Resistance is futile. But then he gives his confession. And his confession's interesting. Because he ha you have to come up with a convincing story back in the 1600s. He said... He said he met up with one of the devil's agents who was in disguise as a peasant, as like a servant woman, and had an affair with her, and then she revealed herself as a demon. And so, and she forced him to become a witch. Which is kind of iconic. Yeah, honestly. Anyways. Mood. <laughs> mood. I would do the same. He gets executed as well. Decapitation and burning or just burning? I don't know. I assume burning because Dr. Han was burned, his family was burned, so they're just going to do the same thing yeah. for everyone. It's kind of rude. <laughs> kind of rude. <laughs> It's rude they of them didn't to have do. to put through, put in all the work to torture him. They, should, they could have at least beheaded him first. Like, ugh. I know. <laughs> rude. So rude. Also, this is like the only trial at the beginning where the emperor actually intervenes. The emperor doesn't intervene again until the end of the trial. Huh. But the thing that sucks is that currently. There's a thing happening in Germany. There's a thing happening in Germany called the Thirty Years' War, and so the Emperor is really preoccupied, and he also doesn't really mind if people go against him in Bamberg because he's like, I have bigger fish, fish to fry. I don't really mind. So, anyway, he's useless. The Prince Bishop is insane, and we're gonna have this keep going for a minute. Okay, the next guy is named Johannes Junius. <laughs> We should call him Bob. Yes. <laughs> Johans Bob Junius. John, I don't know. <laughs> Unless, I, I can say Johans Junius. Or just call that, him that JJ. Should, should JJ. That's cute. Let's do it. He's JJ. So he's one of the people that Dr. Han accused when he was forced to drop names. This guy was 55 at the time, which back then was pretty old. Yeah, he was like... Because you didn't live to old age very often back then. You could die of like a tooth abscess at 22. Would be me, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> How would you die in the 1600s? Personally? <laughs> Either burned out a witch. <laughs> burned as a witch. Or <laughs> trip and fall. Witch. Yeah. <laughs> trip and fall in a public place. Yeah. Honestly, anyway, I trip this and guy... fall and then be <laughs> accused for being a witch. <laughs> You get a tooth abscess, trip and fall, and then be accused of witchcraft. All in one day. All in one day. 
Could you imagine tripping and falling in the street while a witch trial is happening and someone's like needing to name names and they just point over to you. They're like, oh, her over there, the one who just tripped and fell. <laughs> I saw her at a Sabbath once. God, oh, a queen. It would happen. <laughs> such, an, such an iconic way to go down. Okay. So Johannes Junius is 55. He's elderly. He's worked on the council forever long. And now he's on the charge of witchcraft. So he's, I actually have records for most of his trial because his trial was pretty sad and they recorded it well. So let me pull up some fresh and funky facts, dates. Yeah, okay. He was first tried June 28th, 1628 with the tor with torture, without torture on the charge of witchcraft. So they brought him in first without meaning to torture him at all, just to get his story. So he says he's innocent. He said he's never done anything. He's never done anything wrong ever in his life. And he'd like to hear of a single human who had ever seen him at a Sabbath. They pull up Dr. Han. They say Dr. Han said they saw that he saw you at a Sabbath drinking with a witch or something. I don't know. That's a great place to go. And then he was given time for thought, which means they locked him up for two days and said, okay, we're going to try you again in a few days after you've thought about what you've done. He comes back Friday, June 30th, which was again supposed to be without torture, but then he confessed that he didn't do anything wrong. So they said, okay, we're going to pull out the torture because <laughs> we don't, we don't stick to our own rules that we make. Nope. And he says, okay, well, they say it's time to do the thumb screws, which I looked up what thumb screws are. And they're, they're screws that go through your thumbs. That, they, that go through your thumb. They just look like a severe inconvenience. They kind of just, they look like these big metal, it's like a metal bar with a bunch of screws in it. And they use it to puncture through your nails and your fingers and sometimes your toes. That would hurt. It would. They made them in different sizes. They made separate ones for your thumbs, the separate ones for like your whole feet. It was a thing. Oh, I'm looking at them. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, they're very pointy and sharp because they're meant to hurt <laughs> as they do. There's some slang names for them because they had slang names for torture devices in 1600s. So depending on where you're from, you'd call them thumbscrews, thumbikins, I found some really winks. inappropriate looking ones, but I'm realizing oh, no. very quickly that they all look pretty inappropriate. <laughs> I'm going to send you one, a picture of one, and I'm going to post okay. it on my Twitter when this episode goes up. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> You're not going to see it in the podcast, but... But go to my Twitter, KenzieMain underscore VO, <laughs> and you will see it the same day this is uploaded. So what does that remind you of? A weenie. <laughs> fair. That's fair. But yeah, they just put that on your fingers and just screw them through your nail beds until you talk to them like about how they like do witchcraft. Not very effective, though. Yeah, it wasn't effective against this guy, let me tell you. But also, they like, were called <laughs> pillywinks. They were called- I'd love to draw attention to that. They were called pillywinks in some parts. 10 out of 10, I would have named them that. <laughs> <laughs> there, were, there was also another related torture device where it was like a thing that they put- Like a metal strap that they'd put over your leg and heat it up. And that was called a Caspi Claw. 
So, I respect both. Would you I like respect to both. touch my caspy claw? My caspy claw. <laughs> my pin. My pillywinks. Want a caspy <sighs> claw anyway. with your pillywinks? <laughs> a caspy pink with your pilly claws. I don't know. <laughs> that was beautiful. God. <laughs> But yeah, like you said, they didn't work for him. He didn't confess anything. They did thumb screws. They did leg screws. He he they did, he didn't care. He was like, I'm not a witch. So then they searched him for a witch mark. Now, there's many reasons behind what they thought a witch mark was, and it depends also on what you believed back then. Either it was a marking of the devil, that was like a brand or a seal of your obedience. Or it was a place where the devil suckles, like a hickey, which is weird. Or, and this is my favorite, it's a place where you would feed your witch familiars. So you'd have a couple animals, you'd, you know, you'd tell them to go off and do things. And then when they came home, you'd be like, alright, have some of my blood. <laughs> and they'd just poke your little witch mark and they'd drink your blood. So that's what they believed witch marks were. They usually were just straight up moles. But you think they would have started Scars. with that before they did the torture? Right. <laughs> As you can see, they didn't think this through. <laughs> I love how they'd go through every length before they're like, let's search these people for the only evidence, quote unquote, that we have that they're a witch. Even though it's not good evidence. And so did he have Having... one? <laughs> he had a little one. He had a cloverleaf mark on his right side. They didn't say where could be anywhere they tried to prick it and see if it hurt him a lot but he just he didn't feel any pain so i don't know what they concluded from that absolutely nothing. i don't know what you're supposed to find because if you find a witch mark but you poke it and like nothing happens then is it still a witch mark question mark no one knows but if you had a mole of any sort back then you were in trouble you were in trouble you were a witch. What about freckles? Because I have, like, very prominent freckles. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, they look at your face, they're like, oh, she's covered in witch marks. <laughs> the, it's worse for me, though, because if God. you look at my face, I only have, like, one or two freckles on my face that are very visible. But if you look at my mm -hmm. arms... <laughs> <laughs> then it's just freckle study, so they'd be like... Oh my god. <laughs> Do you roll up your sleeve? They're like, dang, she's got a lot of familiars. Yeah. <sighs> okay, but did they kill the dude? Eventually. Wow. I'll get there. Because they keep torturing him after this. After they're like, you have one singular mark, and we don't know if it's a witch mark. So now we're going to pull out the strapedo. I'm also not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. It's like, it's painful. This is the one that I was talking about that could dislocate your shoulders. Cause they would hang you up via your wrists to a big rope. And then they'd tie that rope over a pulley on the ceiling of some sort. And then they just yank you into the air. Your shoulders would obviously snap or dislocate. And then they just drop you. <laughs> And then they'd kind of jerk you back right before you hit the floor. Kind of like those drop tower rides at the amusement parks. Just so you'd feel the pain of your shoulders being jerked back. And then you're just suspended and dunked as many times as it takes, I guess. Until you go, owie. 
until you go. There's there's also like a bunch of versions of the device. Like I think they did it indoors, but they'd have bigger outdoor versions where they'd lift you really really high into the sky, almost like with a crane. I I see. And then you I'm just go slam. Oh my god. Yeah. I am also going to post these to my Twitter. Incredible. Like, they don't hit unless you see what they look like. Yeah, that one is very tall. Really said height. Oh, that is beautiful. I feel like I'd rather just be dropped to the floor than have them jerk you back at the last minute, but that's the point of the torture. Yeah. So finally, this is when Mr. Dunius yields. He gets so tired that he confesses to being a witch. Despite not go. being a witch. Despite not being a witch. Nobody was ever a witch. No, nobody was ever a witch. Except witches. <laughs> yeah, if it was a witch, they weren't caught. <laughs> they weren't caught. Or, like, they were caught, but it's really unfortunate because I bet witches throughout history have just done the most peaceable, grandmotherly events. Honestly, so they, they probably still wouldn't just, even like, be speaking the truth. The ladies of the village who would help people not be sick. <laughs> Yeah, a straight up lot of them were healers, or they would anti-bewitch people, like they would <laughs> they would uncurse you. Yeah. They would just be out there gathering herbs and just existing. Yeah. When you originally were talking about a strapido strapido strapado <laughs> Strapido. What I sent I in our chat yes. is what I thought it was. Which is like uh -huh. basically I'm gonna post this to Twitter too when it's time. But, oh god, what is? That? But it's basically it's it's very similar, and basically what they do with that is it's on a pulley system, uh -huh. and basically they just uh, kept stretching you out until. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Huh. See, I when you sent that, I thought it was the drawn and quartered thing, but that's with horses. Yeah. No, this so, one was just with like a alas. primitive pulley system that required people. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd rather be stretched across like a plank or yeeted and dropped repeatedly. I'd rather be stretched because I could pretend like it's hurting me, but in reality, they'd just be giving me a good stretch. <laughs> <laughs> they stretch you out like three millimeters and you're like, ow, the agony. <laughs> the absolute pain. I am... God unfathomably oh no. <laughs> oh no you're just getting a great workout from this yeah. it's like no if if it was the 1600s and i got accused as a witch i just i just confess straight out the gate i think that's the smartest thing you could do i would just look them dead in the eyes and be like yeah but if you charge me of witchcraft i'm going to ensure that you all are cursed with my death yeah, I wonder if anyone's done that. If anyone's straight up cursed the council. Yeah, I would just be like, okay, yeah, I'm a witch, but <laughs> I have not placed any curses on anybody, and mm -hmm. if you kill me, I'm going to make sure everybody in this village dies after I do. <laughs> just dishonor on your cow, on your crops. Yeah. Oh, and your yeah, water? I'm, I'm, I don't poisoned. Know. And your water? <laughs> your water? Poisoned. Your crops? Deceased. <laughs> Your pores clogged. Your cows <laughs> killed. <laughs> your babies fallen. I don't uh, know. Your 
Lives ruined. <laughs> Honestly, iconic. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised no one did that. Nobody's a genius like me, though. Nobody's a genius. If Kenzie lived in the 1600s, no one else would. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'd somehow become the emperor. Kenzie, the emperor of Germany in the 1600s. Yeah. Hello, I am God. the emperor of Germany, and I say witches are good, and you are all witches buttholes. Are <laughs> Literally. Gayness if is you legal. lived alone and gathered a lot of rosemary back then, oh, what a threat. <laughs> what a threat you were. Oh, I know. <sighs> I know what a plant looks like. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I can, I can read. I can classify grasses. Oh, no. I can do math. Criminal. Criminal activity. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was always the ones that were smart that just got immediately toasted. But they obviously weren't smart enough because uh, they couldn't get out of it. <laughs> not smart enough to curse the entire country, no. <laughs> like, again, I feel like they'd at least keep me alive at that point. <laughs> but at the same time, like, how could they tell you were not bluffing? I don't know. I don't know what they would have done. Would they want to risk it, though? Would they want to risk it? Uh, anyways, okay. We're pulling up Jahan's Junius' long confession. Because I don't know how he came up with all these details, but I respect them. King. So he says one day, he was sitting out in his orchard, being sad about a lawsuit. Oh. As you do. When a wench came by and asked him why he was so sad. <laughs> And then he said, the wench led him by seductive speeches to yield him to her will, and then transformed, and then she transformed into a goat, and said, now that you see with whom you have had to do, you must be mine or I will forthwith break your neck. <laughs> I will forthwith. Oh, I wish we still spoke like this nowadays. I forthwith agree with thou. <laughs> this is incredible. I This was translated from Germany into an archaic form of English, but still. Great. And then he says this goat spirit seized him by the throat and demanded that he renounce the God Almighty. He, he refuses, as a good Christian man does. And then the spirit comes back with a whole bunch of its spirit friends and, like, tortures him into a confession ironically similarly to what he's being told to do right now and then he renounces god and recognizes the devil as his god i also love that back then there were only two sides you could either be with the god almighty or you were with the devil there wasn't an in-between they really just said and then he was baptized which i don't know how witches baptized people in blood <laughs> <laughs> the only uh, reasonable or conclusion. Oh god, yeah. It was probably intercourse snowing. You. Yeah. Back then. <laughs> oh my god, I had the worst thought ever. So you know how Christians baptize children? Yes. <laughs> how would witches baptize their witch children? That's when they use the blood. <laughs> <laughs> or they would have yeah. to do it while they're nice. still in the womb. Interesting. 
You know, I I hear blood is actually really good for your skin. Maybe this isn't a bad idea. I have gotten blood on my skin before. All it really did was make my skin itchy. Huh. Wait, how did you get blood on your side rail? <laughs> what did you do? Was this like a procedure? No, I tripped. <laughs> <laughs> and I cut my arm on a rock. Oh my god. Here I thought you were- oh, I no, I was thinking of like, you know, when they do a, like a, a blood facial, Kenzu's like, nah, I fell. <laughs> I mean, what else? I fell down a flight of stairs. I have done oh that, but God. I usually fall upstairs, which is even more funny. Uh, see, I've also gotten my own blood on my own skin from tripping over my own feet, but I never really paid attention to what it did, so. I do, because I wasn't able to clean it off quickly. Because oh. I was in the yeah, middle I, I feel of like... a park. <laughs> but I feel like blood with pure blood with nothing else in it is going to make you itchy because it's just going to clot and dry up, which is gross. Yeah. But if they mixed it with some stuff, which I know like those blood facials, it's not just blood. I'm sure they mix it with some stuff and maybe it does Cement. something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> The idea of coming in to the spa for a facial and then they just you're encased in cement. Yeah, no. It's probably more like a wine or something. There's probably actually not even any blood yeah. in it. It's probably just a red wine. Could you imagine going there and then you just get red wine smeared on your face? I can. And they charge you like an arm a leg I'm gonna and Google a left blood fish. This is the next antique atrocity. <laughs> And it's not even antique. Like, there's people still doing this. Huh. Blood facials, if you will. Okay, okay. Uh, blood-based in treatment, basically, they, um... Oh, I didn't know that they actually use your own blood. Yeah, and they... It's actually more plasma. Specifically. So it's not blood. <laughs> They're using the liquid part. Yeah, platelet-rich okay. plasma therapy is what it's called. So blood, it's a blood treatment without the blood part. <laughs> Everything but the blood is used. Don't they have to like eat the blood around in a machine to separate the plasma from the blood? Yeah, they eat it around in a centrifuge. Yeah. <laughs> I know the centrifuges. I've used one before, but I refuse to say it. I'm no, I love that, because next time I'm ever needed to centrifuge anything, I'm going to be like, let me just go yeet this blood around real quick. As you should. <laughs> but yeah, no, they use your plasma. Interesting. What if you have a ton of fat in your blood? Because some people do. Like, some people, they draw out the plasma and or the buffy coat, and it's, like, full of fat. I don't know. I don't know. I, I've, I've had my blood centrifuged, and there's never been any fat in it. Because huh. I know there's some like illnesses where people just have a lot of stuff in their blood that shouldn't be there. Look, I don't have one of those illnesses. It's a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? A medical mystery. I am the atrocity. <laughs> the, the, the atrocity. You're the antique. Not I'm antique the atrocity. Yet. I'm the antique, you're the atrocity. It's on brand. God, so much. It's so true. I don't care that I'm older, I'm the atrocity. <laughs> I'm 
ancient, apparently. Yeah, no, your soul is ancient. It's so old, it's crusty. Yeah. I love this <sighs> little side tangent we love. The side tangent on blood facials and being ancient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love Bamberg witch trials. <laughs> Gotta love them. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, Mr. Junius says he was baptized in the evil spirit's name, and then they would send a black dog to take him to a witch sabbath. Which, I assume this is like a huge dog. Nah, it's like a chihuahua. It's <laughs> <laughs> my thought. He rides like a poodle <laughs> to go to a witch sabbath. <laughs> it's the only way no, to go. A dash hound. <laughs> yes. You can put multiple people on there. Yeah, dash hounds are long. They're so long. You can just, you can, they're so like close to the ground. Though. Your feet, you just curl your knees up. Well, witches you're good are to close go. to the ground. So therefore, uh, you, you need to drag your limbs on the ground <laughs> before you go to Sabbath. God. You're just like dragging the witches through the grass. Yeah. Oh god, I know they weren't actually witches, like, obviously this man wasn't one, but the idea of actual witches riding on a dog through the grass. Incredible. Yeah. When are we doing this? Uh, tomorrow. <laughs> nice. Anyway, he says he arrives at the Sabbath, where I don't know how to pron- I have never known how to pronounce this correctly, so correct me. Beelzel- Beelzebub? Beelzebub. Be Beelzebub? Apparently Beelzebub showed himself in the flesh and said the whole Sabbath, we're gonna commit a mass suicide. <laughs> That's what we're gonna do together. Yeah. I, I... <sighs> I believe it was a very prominent Christian belief that if you were to do the soup of slides, that, uh, mm -hmm. that was disgracing God and you would automatically go to hell for that. I believe that was yeah. a thing back in the day. I think it's still a thing. It is today. <laughs> it is. The the thought that soup of side is simply unforgivable. Yeah, yeah. no. I've been, I somebody has said that to me in modern day. Yeah. You know. Not yeah. that's a modern atrocity. <laughs> and then he says that his paramour, which was like his demon lover, tried to convince him to kill his own son and daughter, but he refused, so he killed a horse instead. <laughs> that's random. Yeah. But also, I love some context. I love some, you know, <laughs> Paramore favorite band. <laughs> oh my god, Paramore the the demon lover, not the band. Nah, I'm choosing to believe that oh Paramore god. the band was around Paramore. in in the 1920s <laughs> and slash 30s and told this guy 1920s or 1620s. Wow, <laughs> I love that for them. <laughs> They've always existed. <laughs> They've just been. <laughs> Paramore was blasting back in the BC times. Yeah, honestly. So yeah, Paramore, Paramore says, go kill your son and daughter. This guy says, no, I'm going to kill my horse. And then I don't know if he said this next part as a threat. Maybe this was the only threat any witch ever gave was that um, he said on his way to church one day, the devil had met him and said that Dr. Junius, that he would eventually be imprisoned, but that the devil would set him free 
and then eventually do something nasty. So maybe that was his way of saying, I should go free or else the devil's gonna do something nasty to you. But I don't know if it worked. Yeah, I feel like that would have the opposite effect of they would just never imprison him. <laughs> <laughs> they would just kill him immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that didn't work for him. He tried, though. A for effort. There was an A for effort. Now, here's some more tea. They bring him back to prison. I assume by this point he knows he's getting executed. There's no way out. And so we have a record in, like, you know, one of those really aesthetically pleasing records. I love those. We have a record of a letter he sent to his daughter in prison when he had a feeling he was going to die. And a lot of quotes in this confirm, obviously, that he made this all up. But what's funny is that they found his letter later and used it as evidence that he made it all up and therefore he lied and therefore he was executed on that charge on top of witchcraft. Instead of believing that he wasn't a witch. <laughs> wow. Just wow. He wrote... He said to his daughter, he said, whoever comes into the witch prison must become a witch or be tortured until he invents something out of his head. So he knows he's faking it. And he said that during his prosecution, one of the people, the questioners had said, I beg you for God's sake, please confess something, whether it be true or not. Like just invent something because you cannot endure the torture that you're about to go through. Like they even threatened him. Make something up, or we're just gonna thumbscrew your feet some more. Yeah, they were really so, just desperate. <laughs> they knew that they were accusing someone who wasn't a witch, but they went through it anyway for that sweet bank and property. <laughs> heckin' heckintons. <sighs> Man, the 1620s, you know. Yeah, they, they even said, like, until you say you're a witch, they're not going to let you go. But ironically, he said he was a witch. And then they said, okay, we're not going to let you go. We'll just kill you. Yeah. So something got lost in translation, clearly. Yeah. And then he, Dr. Junius is such a, he's very dramatic. I guess everyone back then was very dramatic. But his ending line, he said, Dear child, keep this letter secret so that people do not find it. Else I shall be tortured most piteously and the jailers will be beheaded. I have taken several I, I have taken several days to write this because my hands are both so lame. <laughs> I assume from like the torture. And then he says, "Good night for your father, Johannes Junius will never see you more." Honestly, just sounds and like they were wishing him like a good night's sleep. <laughs> good night's sleep. Good night. I'm I'm going to die. <sighs> I, I love the usage of lame back then. They did that a lot. They just said that whenever things weren't working well, or even if you had depression, they would just say, ah, oh, she got a bout of lameness. Oh, not the lameness bout. Not the lameness. She was, she becometh so lame. Hashtag <sighs> me. Hashtag lame. <laughs> Hashtag lame. Well, yeah, so the sad thing is that we don't know if this letter actually got sent to his daughter at all. Aww. Because we have a feeling that they might have confiscated it. Like his jailers found it, took it, and then used it as, as evidence that he had lied and therefore charged him even more. So it did not work out for this man. Yeah, no, it was probably, 
Yeah, I, I can't imagine them having given that to the daughter. Yeah. And there's one more theory, which is even nastier, is that they tortured him into writing that letter. And they told him that it was going to be sent out only for them to take it away from him as like another form of punishment, which... That's kind of rude. Come on. That's rude. Don't give this guy false hope. I mean, I guess that's what they've been doing all along, but... Alas. Yeah. Just wow. Okay. Yeah. There you go. And then I have one more case, which was the final case that ended the trials. Yes. So let me see how long these trials went for. 1626 to 1631, so about five years. But like hundreds of people were being condemned. So at the end of this, there was one lady, one lass, named Dorothy Flock. Love her. And she was from a wealthy Protestant family, which they actually, they're really great. I know a lot of <laughs> wealthy Protestant families back then probably weren't the greatest, but hers was pretty iconic. They were called the Hoffmans. Oh, and <laughs> we love the Hoffmans out here. And then her, she also had a husband who was a Bamberg official. His name was George Flock. So basically she had a lot of uh, people with big rep on her side, which is why I think this worked out for her. So she eventually got accused by someone. We don't know. This was at, this was five years later after the George Hahn and Junius case. So when she finally eventually gets accused, her husband says, I'm going to flee back to the city called Nuremberg, which is where they grew up. And that was a center for, like, the witch refugees at the time. I like that they had one. The, the tea behind him is that he had actually already lost his first wife to the witch trials. And said, well, I'm not losing another one. <laughs> so I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that she doesn't die. We stand Yeah, that. honestly... An unproblematic king. An unproblematic king. So he and... He gathers her whole family and they go on a trip to our guy, Emperor Ferdinand III, as well as the Pope. And they said, we're gonna appeal to make sure that they can't do anything against, against Dorothy. And they actually succeeded. April 1630th, he issues a mandate he tells Prince Bishop Dork, Dork Arse to finally take accountability and like stop the witch trials. But that guy doesn't listen. <laughs> wow. Because he doesn't. He never does. And he's never done. So he continues the proceedings against Dorothy. But they don't give up. Like they manage to get the emperor to issue a second mandate to forbid all further proceedings against her. And even the Pope had planned an intervention to like come down and stop it himself. And you won't believe what happened. Tell me. The mandate, they they carried letters by carrier pigeon or something back then because the Pope issues this, the Emperor issues this like a week ago. It arrives a week later in letter form and arrives 30 minutes after her execution. Oh my God. <laughs> Half an hour. God. <laughs> She was really young, which, I mean, I guess this wasn't that young at the time, but it's still crazy young. She was 22 when she died. Aww, that's how old And I she am. had just given birth to a daughter. I have not done that. Like a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> we 
Wait, did you say I would not have done that? Yeah, before that I had said, oh, that's how old I am. And then you said, oh. <laughs> and then I said, I would not have done that. <sighs> yeah. But then again, this was like the 1600s, so 22 was the equivalent of like 30-something nowadays. That's, Still would not average. have done. Fair. So fair. And she, she was burned at the stake. And then can you imagine people receiving this letter later on from the emperor saying you shouldn't have done that yeah they probably whoops please tell me they, they, got they were burned. like okay. <laughs> so what happened was dornheim knew like when he when this letter came in he knew that he had messed up he like he had royally pissed off the emperor because the emperor doesn't send two or three mandates in a row like that lightly this was an issue so he tries to send his people up to the emperor to plead for him, to appeal for him, but the emperor doesn't take any of it. So he decides um, to flee like a coward. <laughs> and he later died in exile a couple years after that. As he deserved. So, as he deserved. But thing is, it still cannot even match all the punishments that he distributed to witches back then. I think he got off easy. True, he should have endured the same as, thing. As one did. Yeah. This guy runs away from Bamberg and just passes away. Passed away. But then, he, has he passed was passed away. away. <laughs> so the emperor finally says, with this guy gone, we're gonna never do this again. Um, he issues a fourth mandate to like, well, he doesn't actually officially end the witch trials, but this is what ended them at the time. He says, we have to set up stronger standards of evidence and procedure for the trials. And obviously, because no one had good evidence ever to begin with, they could never do this again. So it stopped. It ended. 1631. Go, go for Emperor Ferdinand. Well, wasn't he the reason Him it started? <laughs> Not really. It was that Dornheim guy. Uh, yeah. It was that Dornheim guy and the, the Vaisolt guy and the crops failing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Emperor Ferdinand wasn't a saint. Like, I bet he did atrocious things too. But in this context, he was not that bad. So, A, in this context, unproblematic, but slightly problematic yeah. emperor. <laughs> A, a kind of lazy emperor, but he finally did his thing. Honestly, he's probably just you know. Big... He was he was he was involved with the war, but he was also napping. <laughs> In his free time, ten out of ten. As you do, yeah. As you do, but yeah. okay. So I actually have one last little tale. Oh on how these records got uncovered because I would love to be this historian who figured this out. Um, a lot of the documents survived because they kept decent record keeping back in the day, but there were several that got really close to being lost because in like the 1800s, the Bamberg court cleared out a bunch of their old papers and sold them to a houseware shop, <laughs> which is like, the equivalent of a furniture store or a Home Depot or a or a place where you buy kitchen utensils. Let me sell court records to a houseware store. <laughs> Let me sell like historical documents to a Home Depot equivalent. So one day a historian came by. God, this is incredible. By the name of Johann Adam Messerschmidt. 
Yeah, Mr. Messerschmidt. <laughs> Mr. Messerschmidt, the historian. And he noticed that he, he bought an order of nails, and he noticed that they were wrapped in official witch trial documents. <laughs> and he says, um, can I, like, buy these from you? <laughs> and so he bought them, he returned them to Bamberg, and he secured them in an archive, and that's how we have them. Love that for him. Love that he saved there you those, because we wouldn't know about any of this if he hadn't. Yeah, I mean, we had some records, but we didn't have all of them, and a lot of the big ones were lost, because they were used to wrap people's forks. Yeah, really. Ugh. God that in itself is an atrocity. That, that is a historical atrocity. An antique Imagine... atrocity. <laughs> I know. Imagine wrapping the records of one of your most heinous witch trials in like using those papers and then sending them off to a housewares place where they just use them to I don't know clean their forks and knives how dare yeah that's just that's rude <laughs> rude of them to do honestly like everything else sucked but to me that's the worst <laughs> The witch trials, yeah, they were pretty bad, but the worst part was sending off their historical documents to a houseware shop. Yeah, like, what? What? <laughs> Do not desecrate them like this. They don't deserve it. Those papers. Yeah. Jeepers. Yeah. But also imagine being that historian and being so lucky you're just ordering nails as you do, and wow, they're wrapped in official witch trials documents from the 1600s. Those are big wins. Yeah, no, I I applaud that man. That, yes. That guy just won the historian lottery that day. Yeah, because like, I know you said we did have some records other than these, but we probably wouldn't know most of the names of Yeah. Like, and yeah. I, I, you don't <laughs> it's like you don't sell them off to a houseware shop don't sell off your documents God. of how many people you have murdered to a houseware shop literally I my theory is that was kind of their way of hiding the evidence of what they did oh a hundred percent can't convince like, the other one let's let's sell this paper off to a home depot so they can dispose of it and we'll never see it again yeah uh, <sighs> wow <laughs> What an atrocity. There you have it. That's that's all I've got. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna need to crawl into a hole and ruminate on that. Yeah. Marinate, ruminate. I love how the most atrocious part is the documents. I know, why did that upset me more <laughs> than anything else? That upsets me so much. I hate when people mess with records like that for no good reason. Well, obviously they needed them for the cutlery. <laughs> trying to <laughs> obviously they didn't have enough handkerchiefs to wrap their forks that is just oh <laughs> so they used witch trial documents yeah 10 out of 10 do not want again Good Lord. <laughs> negative 500 out of 10 yeah really we're not doing uh, this yeah yeah well on that atrocious note i think we should wrap it up yep. There you got it. Ideally not in historical documents. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Burn. So Drop the mic. <laughs> Burn.
Oh, burn just like so the people they burn. The stake. Oh, <laughs> same wavelength. <laughs> same wavelength. Yeah. But thank you for attending yeah. our Antique Atrocities podcast. I'm Kenzie May. She's Envious Sun. And I'm Envious. Yeah, that's who you are. Probably. Yes. And together yeah, we sure. create stuff. This. We report on historical atrocities. I guess and we can't call it very bad. Document? Retell? A re- <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it's a retell of, of the yeah. documents that did not get wrapped in housewares. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we dig up we dig up old stuff and we tell you how bad it was yeah. in an hour or less. And next week on <laughs> every couple yeah. of weeks. And next time on yeah. Antique Atrocities, uh I don't know. Neither does she. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we have no idea. Will I be researching? Will she? We don't know. Probably her. It's probably me. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, on that lovely note, let us be the atrocities we that shall we are in peace. Forthwith be leaving. Yes. Forthwith we are yes. lift. <laughs>